Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. It's true, this is the Fantasy Focus Baseball, and it is a beautiful Monday morning, August 5th, 2019. I am Eric, he is Tristan, and today we welcome Tarika Foster as our Monday producer. Hello, Tarika. Uh, I think Tom Carpenter is editorially watchdogging somewhere as well, and we celebrate in absentia our irreplaceable pals, Kyle Sapi and Leo Howell, just because we can. On today's show, we have a no-hitter to discuss. Also, more Yankees are injured. Vlad Guerrero is awesome. Finally, closer carousel combo meals. And myriad hash browns. Tristan, hope uh, the weekend was good to you and you got got all the players you wanted in the cross-trade fab budget stuff this weekend. (laughs) I got that cranky in labor, and I needed a starting pitcher, so I'm happy. Wow. Well, I got Dustin May. I think I'd rather have Granky. <laughs> yeah. You know, Dustin May's not a bad pitcher. I hope he they, might be I hope really good. Um, yeah. We'll get to that as well as some other things. But first up, here is the buzz. All right, why not start with Aaron Sanchez? Because uh, he's available in a lot of leagues, and, you know, he's got Baltimore this week, so that's mm-hmm. nice. So he threw six no-hit innings against Seattle. He had better command. He threw more curveballs. I don't know why Toronto didn't do something with him. Like, when you lose 13 consecutive starts, wouldn't the Blue Jays have figured out, oh, maybe we'll change his repertoire? They didn't bother. The Astros did. Is Aaron Sanchez, in the final six, seven weeks, what are there, seven weeks left, is he a potential top 40 starting pitcher? Hmm. The ceiling is probably in that group. As crazy as it is, and uh, I, I did add him in a good number of leagues on this idea that just it's a fresh start on a team that probably knows how to unlock the code. Uh, the big takeaway from that outing was he threw more curves in that than he did in any other start the entire year, 30% of them, and that's what the Astros do. So I, I you, know, you can't expect him to throw six no-hit innings every outing here, but what if he's useful in every one of his remaining Astros starts? It'll be a complete contrast to what he did at the beginning of the year. I don't know that anybody in history has done that, where you've had a guy who was this poor up to that stage and then did great the rest of the year. Have you? Can you think of anyone? Sounds like a job for Tom the intern, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's find guys with six ERAs with one team, trade a one where they get a two or something. Yeah. I'm sure it's happened. Um so Aaron Sanchez versus Dustin May. We were talking about how I ended up with Dustin May and NL Labor. I still have a shot to win. Who would you rather roster in a mixed league? I'd rather uh, roster Sanchez. Um, I think May is a better pitcher, but I'm, I'm not sure about him getting as many starts as Sanchez. I think Sanchez is, is locked in here. Yeah, and, and and since I mentioned Tom the intern, um, in the Vampire League that I'm doing, I finally won another game, and I yes! welcome Cody Bellinger right. team. But I, I don't want it to point out like a victory lap here. I'm not going to make the playoffs. But I want to point out that who is Ed M, who I just beat like 5-4-1, is playoff bound. He'll win his division along with Ben Thompson. And two of these three teams look like they'll be the wild cards. One is Tom Lasco, our friend. Another is Bristol's finest, Sean Rosales. And the duo of Edward Hebb and Josh North. Good luck to you guys all in the final weeks. It's been fun. And you still have a shot at the playoffs, I believe, right? So that should be nice. Yeah, the standings in mine this are closer. Is, well, yeah. So we've got uh, we've got a, a pair of teams that are running away with it at thirteen and twelve and twelve and four. That would be uh, Sven Peterson has one of them, and I'm trying to get the name of the other so we can mention as my standings take forever to load. Um, 
Yes, here we go. Our other one at 12 and 5 is Cam Hopman. And then we have a bunch of people, including myself, at 8 and 9. Okay. All right. Well, good luck. Like I want to see in the class. Seven teams at eight and nine. So I gotta, I gotta start winning some games. I'm on a, the three game losing streak here. Um, speaking of winning some games, the Yankees just destroyed the Red Sox. And, um, man, but they keep losing players. So I wrote a blog today. I'm not sure if you've caught it. Um, about what I think of basically all the relevant Yankees hitters the rest of this season and where I would draft them next year. It seems odd that's such a prolific offense. I only, Aaron Judge was the only guy I have next year, basically in the first four, maybe five rounds. I wouldn't put Stanton there. I don't, I'm not sure about LeMahieu. Um, Aaron Judge, I'm, I'm buying, but the purpose of the article was basically to say, Glaber Torres, that was weird. He left the game with a core injury and went right to the hospital. Have you seen that before? No. <laughs> You got to bench him this week if you're in any weekly league, right? I assume he's not playing this week. That could be a six-week oblique. I certainly hope not because he's <laughs> he has been one of the most pleasant surprises as well. And that's I mean, when you mention where you're going to take them next year, that's he's one who I would have thought of in the first five rounds. So let me ask you: like, say we find out today before the deadline that Torres is out for a long time, say six weeks, and there's only what seven left of the season. You gotta drop them, right? I mean, I would assume that's the smart thing to do. So I want to ask you about a bunch of Yankees, whether it's Edwin, Encarnacion, Luke Voigt, Aaron Hicks. What are you doing here? The, the only thing to point out on this one is that do we know yet that he's going to be scratched? Oh no, no, no. Time? Well, I mean, we know he's out this week. Don't yeah, we? like in the stories, I remember afterwards he was talking about his dad was tweeting he was fine and already traveling with the team. So I'm not sure yet. But if 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 he's gone for that period of time, we just talked about this in terms of holding on to injured players. I've started to have to think of you know dropping guys who are out four plus weeks. I mean, if they're only going to give you less than half the remaining schedule, you, you know, you got to move on. So I would assume I've never seen a broken wrist take only three weeks to heal. Edwin's not coming back this month. So I would dump Edwin Encarnacion. I would dump John Carlos Stanton. I would dump Luke Voigt. Gary Sanchez is probably back this week. Don't dump him. Um, Glaber, don't do anything until we get more information. Mm-hmm. Aaron Hicks is just not having that good a year. That's how I view yeah, all these Hicks, injured Yankees. Hicks was one that I just uh, cut, in fact. Um, Edwin Encarnacion, the, the only thing with the, the timetable is – uh, the initial x-ray didn't bring up that injury, so I don't know how severe it was. Okay. Maybe it was a minor one that could heal, but you're right. I mean, three weeks sounds kind of a generous timetable. That's his goal. It's not the, you know, it's not a given. It's mid-September, and then who knows how much power he hits for in the final two weeks. The broken wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, other injuries, Wilson Contreras. We get Gary Sanchez back this week. Contreras goes on the injury list with a hamstring injury. Can't get a break at catcher this year. Uh, but there are catchers you can pick up. Roberto Perez is out there. Will Smith of the Dodgers is still available in a lot of leagues. Travis Darno literally knocks in a run every day. He's available <laughs> in a lot of leagues. Uh, other injuries, Andrelton Simmons, who wasn't doing a whole lot for fantasy. Uh, if you have him in a deep league, it's an ankle injury. I'm not sure he's going to be back anytime soon. Robbie Cano, I would assume that's a ham- that's an uh, injury list in for his hamstring. It's a shame. He was hitting. Um, he was, yeah. David Dahl, man, just can't get a break. Yep. I mean, I, I understand break, you know, he might have broken his ankle. But, like, it's a shame he can't stay healthy because it's course Field and he puts up numbers, hits for average. I assume Ramiel Tapia will continue to be the beneficiary of his playing time. Um, what other things? Oh, I wanted to ask you this. So, like, Vlad Guerrero is great now. He's the number two hitter over the last week. He's number 10 over the past month. Uh, hit a couple home runs. It was against Baltimore. Like, mm-hmm. I actually did the splits on Glaber Torres. For 10 of his 23 home runs against the Orioles, yep. and his batting average without the Orioles drops 23 points. That's significant. Yep. But, um, like, Nelson Cruz had a three-homer game over the weekend. 
He had five RBI in consecutive games. He's got 30 home runs in 83 games. Can you make a comparison between Nelson Cruz and Vlad Guerrero for next year? Now we're going to take, we're all going to take Guerrero first because we think, cause he's, you know, 20 years younger and he'll hit for average and he plays third base. But see what I'm getting at here? Yeah. Like the difference in Vlad and Nelson Cruz is really not that great. We think they're both going to be 30, 100 guys at least and they mm-hmm. both hit for average. Why is Vlad going to go in round two and Nelson Cruz in round 12? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know that round two is right for Vlad, and I don't know that round two is right for Cruz. Round 12. Yeah, I mean, I'll take, yeah, I'll take Cruz. But my point, you know what my point is? Like, yeah, statistically, no, no, no. they're pretty similar. If, if you're throwing four and six or four and eight, okay. Um, yeah, they are pretty similar. And I think that the main reason we aren't going to um, – the, the the main reason we're going with age, yeah, is that yeah you assume that the younger player is going to be pointing up with the arrow and the older player is going to be pointing down. But Cruz had a good year, yeah. He's just really underrated, and he is every year. It's the David Ortiz thing. Nobody wanted to take him because he was a DH and he was old. And Nelson Cruz is having another fantastic season. He was on the injured list for a little while, but what a fantastic season! I just I love him, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and like I feel like I'm alone in that a lot of the time. Um, other heroes over the past week. So we mentioned uh, Sanchez, who it's only one outing, but um, uh, no, that didn't go. Well, why is Drew Smiley the number nine pitcher over the past week? He he didn't pitch. Look, he gave up a grand slam yesterday, but uh-huh. it, he didn't have a bad game overall. You Darvish, we keep talking about like these numbers are fine over the past like two months, right? I mean, right. You probably take Darvish over Lance Lynn at this point, rest of the year, right? Oh boy, I I don't know that I would. That's You're not a close. fan of either. No, actually, I've about... warmed I've warmed to both of them, and both moved up in my last ranking set. Uh, I probably had Lynn slightly over Darvish. I, if not, I had them close. And so what I about versus Samarja? Oh, definitely ahead of Samarja. Well, he's I, pitched well. Yeah, I mean Samarja's been shouldn't uh, dismiss. I mean... Yeah, he. he I, and I think he's absolutely roster worthy. I just feel a little bit better about the K potential in in either of Darvish's or Lynn's cases. All right. Now this from our friends at SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's as as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site is annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? Well, with millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you are looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So why is SeatGeek better than all the rest? Well, a quick look at the app store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. How is that for customer satisfaction? It's just a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, and it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced, and every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. And by the way... We all have the SeatGeek app on our phones. It's by far the fastest and easiest way to find tickets. In fact, Tristan just used the app to buy tickets to a game last week, and he, then he ate a big turkey leg, and I tweeted it out, and everybody laughed and had fun. I was not shaming him, by the way. It was just a lot of fun. <laughs> SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off. On your first purchase. Now it's time for the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo, combo. 
On our last show, we had an area combo meal. Now we have seven. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how that works? I know. I couldn't believe we had none in that. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Uh, so the players are messing with us. So Javier Baez, Roman Quinn, who also pitched in that game and lost. What a joke. Uh, Joey Votto, speaking of, Starling Marte has been great since I traded for him. Actually, I traded Edwin for him. Jonathan VR, Cattell Marte, who's amazing, and Jason Kipnis, who's like uh, Travis Darno, knocking in a run every day now. Um, anything to say on any of these players of note? I mean, you can't roster Quinn. Can you roster Kipnis at this point? I think you can. I I, I, I don't think he he makes the cut by much in a 10-team standard league, but yeah, why not? As long as he's healthy and performing right now. He's the number seven hitter in, in now a deep lineup. Like they added Fran Mill and Puig, sure, and now sure. all of a sudden there's lots of RBI opportunities. If Roman Quinn was a regular, I think he'd steal 30 bases. But he's I, not a regular. Yeah, and I, and I thought for this reason, I need steals in one league of mine, and I thought about adding him just for that reason, and I felt like there just wasn't enough volume in the other categories. And in, in, in AL Labor, earlier in the year, I'd been rostering Terrence Gore because that's how desperate I was for stolen bases. That's the way things are nowadays. So from that angle, I, could, I get it with Quinn. I just I couldn't make this case in a mixed league. And then only you can make the case, but not sure, in a mixed. Sure. Um, how Quinn do you is- run out of pitchers after 13 innings, by the way? Well, the manager doesn't know what he's doing. Also, the guy he, he was going to rely on to pitch five or six innings got hurt after two innings or said he was sore in the triceps. Mm-hmm. So then he ran out of pitchers and, you know, that's what he ended up doing. He didn't, he couldn't use another guy and then he refused to use the next day's starting pitcher. And, right. you know, I don't think he realizes that the wild card is going to be decided perhaps by one game. Yeah. And then they lost like two out of three to the terrible White Sox. Michael Franco got demoted. What that means in fantasy is you should have dropped Franco in April. But Scott Kingery will be the third baseman. And then the center fielder will, I assume, be Adam Hazley and maybe some Roman Quinn. And Corey Dickerson might actually play some center field, which uh, won't be fun if you're a flyball pitcher. But, oh you know, um, that's it for the combo meals. And now we move on to a closer carousel. The closer carousel. All right, so the Rockies weren't paying attention for a while, but now they are. Scott Oberg is the closer, and he got the save on Friday night and is not allowed to run in 16 of his past 18 appearances, whereas Wade Davis allowed to run while I was just talking. Yeah. Um, drop Wade Davis. I mean, it's possible that, like Greg Holland, he could resume closing at some point, but it doesn't seem likely. Oberg's good, really good. Um, He's having a very, very good year. I mean, I know that the 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 underlying the FIP numbers aren't ex- you know they aren't as good as what Oberg's surface stats are. But for a guy in Colorado, come on. And we'll get to Oberg in our myriad hash browns later. Jose Leclerc, no, he I just um, he doesn't look good. Got the save I... Friday, the win Saturday, but he's still giving up runs like. You would take Oberg over Leclerc, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, but I don't think that's the people who are adding Leclerc aren't in the situation. Oberg is already long gone. I think Leclerc is going to be ahead of a lot of those bullpens we're leaving entirely to the side. So I can't dismiss him just because I do think the pass history and the strikeout potential makes him worth adding ahead of Miami's guys. Do you think Edwin Diaz starts to lose save opportunities to Seth Lugo or Juris Familia? I do, yeah. Seth Lugo hasn't allowed a base runner in weeks. Yeah, yeah. He's pitched very well, and Diaz has been a mess. I, I, especially now that we're past the trade deadline and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I, I think we're, we're probably another blown save by Diaz away from that happening. 
And please check to see when your trade deadline is in your leagues, whether you're on ESPN or another website. We know you play everywhere. Um, the trade deadline has to be coming up soon if it hasn't already passed. So please check it out. It might be this week in ESPN leagues. Uh, just check it. Um, any other closer situations we must deal with? You're avoiding Seattle. Although I saw people bidding big on Anthony Bass this weekend. Mm-hmm. But they never win. So why bother? Miami never wins. Jarlin Garcia might be the closer, but we may not ever know. Yeah. Detroit, I still say it might be Ryan Stanek there, ultimately. Could be. Uh, Detroit is clearly Joe Hemmen, as we think, and Buck Farmer will set him up. So here's, and here's what, what I'll ask you. I'd take LeClerc over Joe Jimenez. Yeah, I would too. And that's where we're at. It's just I think that the back-end bullpens are so weak this year. More saves the rest of the year. Shane Green or Luke Jackson? Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, we knew. We know Shane Green isn't that good. We know uh-huh. it. And then his first two outings with Atlanta are terrible. And Luke <laughs> Jackson strikes out the side to get the win. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if this week Luke Jackson gets back into the role. I wouldn't. Just you know, telling you. I'll be honest with you, I, I you would. Wouldn't either. I, think, I think they'd go to somebody uh, else. You think they go to Chris Martin? Ah, uh, Martin or Swarzak, who's had a pretty decent two to three months. Uh, who was, there's, they had a third guy I thought it would pitch pretty well too. And I guess Newcomb. Uh, <laughs> I hope that, all I can say is that, you know, if they go to Melanson, uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? They know what they're doing, it seems like. So good for them. <sighs> I, uh, I, I could see them going to a third guy. <laughs> uh, we'll take a look at the schedule here. There is an a- afternoon game because there's a double header at, uh, City Field, which I still call Shea Stadium, Miami and the Mets. Uh, so Alcantara and DeGrom is the first game. That's at 4, 10 p.m. So we know the show will be out before then. Please get your lineups in for the week. You don't want to lose a league because you didn't activate a player or something like that. That'd be very um, bad. ESPN Tonight has Oakland at Chicago, uh, the Cubbies. It's Chris Bassett and Kyle Hendricks. ESPN Plus has the awesome Mike Soroka against the not so awesome anymore, Jake Odorizzi. Don't look at season numbers, people. They 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 lie. <laughs> Jake Odorizzi has not pitched well of late, and the Braves are a legit deep offense, even without Marcakis and Swanson. I I was gonna drop Odorizzi in the Vampire League. I ended up keeping him, but I I don't feel good. Like Odorizzi versus Samarja, I can make that case for Samarja. Yeah, it's not a difficult case to make. And and I'll tell you this: as much as I had just written that the Twins have a very good schedule coming up, this is not the good part of it. No. Um, uh, Mike Miner at Cleveland. If you want to sit Miner, he had a bad July. He's still the number one t- 21 starting pitcher for the season, but inexplicably he's been terrible of late. He's right. pitching against Aaron Savali, who I thought was a Shane Bieber clone in the minors. Just something to watch there in a deep league. Aaron Savali might be good down the stretch if they let him keep starting. Now, they probably won't because Kluber and or Carrasco could be back soon, but something to watch. Spencer Turnbull coming off a DL today for Detroit to face Lucas Giolito, who's been all or nothing over the past month. I still don't trust Jordan Lyles facing his former team, the Pirates. How about that? Um, you don't trust Jordan Lyles, I assume. No. <laughs> He's uh, not pitched well. <laughs> Tuesday, there's a day game on ESPN+. Plus. It's the aforementioned White Sox and Tigers, Dylan Cease and Daniel Norris. <laughs> another uh, doubleheader, yeah. Another doubleheader there. A couple, is there any teams with eight games this week? I thought there might yep. have been. Yeah, um, there are two of them. Uh, it would be Detroit and Miami. Miles Mikolas and Clayton Kershaw on Tuesday night. Um, how about that? Denelson Lamette at Seattle. That's a good streamer. Annabelle Sanchez at San Francisco. That's another good streamer. Sanchez is okay. You know, if you look at his last two months in totality, 
Zach Greinke debuts for Houston at home against the Rockies. That should go well. Although Herman Marquez is good on the road. So that's, uh, that's an interesting matchup there, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's going to be an interesting one to watch on the pitching side. Uh, and on Wednesday, ESPN has Zach Davies, who I'm going to leave on my bench in labor NL this week yep. against Trevor Williams of Pittsburgh. Uh, ESPN Plus has Kansas City at Boston, Glenn Sparkman, who you don't want. You don't want any Royals. Uh, against Eduardo Rodriguez, who's been pretty good, and he didn't exactly get shelled against the Yankees. He gave up the slam in the first, and that was it. He pitched well after that. Mm-hmm. I will challenge you on that Royals comment, though. Who do you want on the Royals? Uh, Brad they, Keller? They've been, getting, they've been getting some matchups being clear here. Matchups driven value out of Keller and Junis. And but not at Fenway, you wouldn't. No, that. like That's I said, matchups driven usefulness. Right. But you're saying don't use Kansas City. You know, no, who, um, who are you more likely to use on Wednesday's stream or Brendan McKay of Tampa at home against the Blue Jays or Dustin May at home against the Cardinals? Mm, I'll go with Dustin May. I like him. I bid a lot of money on him in a labor and I didn't have to, it turns out. Maybe I was all alone in my, in my viewpoint. Um, Let's see, what's closers are we watching for the week? <laughs> we, should, I, we like sounds. We, we should actually, you know, we should point out that the extended weeks do often give a benefit to the closers. So we mentioned the eight games for the Tigers. Um, yeah, so this I mean. the week I'd take Joe Jimenez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like, but my Miami with a doubleheader against the Mets, like you wouldn't pick up Jarlin Garcia, would you? I wouldn't. No, see, there's not enough clarity there in Miami to take advantage of that. But I mean, this Check the forecaster column. Any of the teams that have seven games comparison to, in comparison to those who have five, which I believe it was either two or four did, you're going with the volume at closer. Maybe it's even posted. Uh, Blake Trinan of Oakland. Uh, move on, right? It's pretty clear who the closer is, and it's not him. Why are people still rostering him? Okay, no, I, you disagree. Well, there was a, there were definitely a couple of days where Hendricks wasn't pitching well, uh, but he pitched um, well yesterday. Yeah, it's, that's that's yeah. I mean, like the, it was. I think it was Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in that range. There were two or three games in a row where Hendricks, there was a little bit of a blip there. Okay, all right, all right. So, you, so if you're, are you stat in a deeper league or an AL? Well, an AL only you have to keep trying to yeah, roster. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, if you, I think you're in. The I mean, in a you, mixed. Right, and I think you're in the leagues you know where you need to keep trying it around. The problem here is that we learned from that Texas example that if you just sit there on the, the former closer who might move back into the job, you might be sitting there and waiting forever. All right, so forever. in a mixed league, Jose LeClerc or Blake Trinan in the final seven weeks? It can't be Trinan. Yeah, I mean, LeClerc has a much cleaner... What about Joe Jimenez? It's got to be Jimenez, right? He's going to get saves. He might be bad. Over, over Trinan? Yeah. To to make them move for this week to exploit the eight games, That's I would go in that direction, yeah. All right. That is all for the first half of our show. In the second half, we have hash browns, and let's have some fun. All right. People keep sending their hash browns in, and we appreciate that, and we will continue to read them. I'll read them now, and Tristan will answer them, and I'll tell him he's wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might well be. <laughs> yeah, you might not be. I mean, you win your leagues. Um, man, I really want to win this NL labor. <laughs> I, just, I, have a, I have a shot. Gee, we couldn't tell. <laughs> Tout, I've moved up like 15 this week, thanks to Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall, like he keeps hitting homers, right? I yeah. mean. That worked out well. I'm glad I was right about that. I'm sure yeah. I was wrong about something else, but uh, don't do victory laps after two weeks here. But I'm very happy you brought him up and I added him. I am not. League. I would never do that. And if it sounds like it, it's not. I'm just <laughs> saying he's helping fantasy teams. I know, I but know. after like a, a couple weeks, pitchers should exploit him, and he's still he's a guy who should only hit like 250. 
I'm just you, saying that's why I moved up in the standings. It doesn't mean I'll stay there. You have a shot to win our office league, right? Um, yeah, still I'm, in that. I'm in third in that right now, but I'm definitely within striking distance. I'm gonna, you know, that was the one where I needed to add steals, and I tried to add D Gordon, and I thought about Roman Quinn. All right, let's get some questions in here. First up is Kevin. He needs pitching help this week. Which two-start streamer is your favorite? Now, Kevin can look at your forecaster and see which uh, two-start streamer is your favorite, but help him out. Name a couple here. Um, and, and also, like, let me ask you a, a philosophical question. At this point in the season, are you still going with, like, average to bad two-start streamers, or are you more careful? Like, if Zach Davies is a two-start guy, are you still going with them, or are you like really more careful now? What's your philosophy? It depends on the player, and it depends on the recent performance as well as the matchups. There, there isn't a cut and dry answer. By the way, the other one is the league format is paramount. It is. I've, in my points league, starting two star pitchers is essential. And you mentioned Eric about Drew, Sni- Drew Smiley, why he was one of the highest ranked players in the player rater for the past week. That probably has to do with the two first start. Yeah, his first start was good, and his second start, his whip was good. He had seven strikeouts, so right. He just happened to give up runs. It's the, it, but I, I think it's the calculation based on innings going down for individuals as a whole in the game these days. The guys who are making two starts are going to get an advantage just from the numbers game. Um, so off of the two start pitchers list, Zach Plesac. Granted, it's Texas at home, it's at Minnesota, but probably out there in a lot of leagues. This is a direction you have to go. Oof, I don't like that. This is not a great week for adding two-start guys. You mentioned Lamette. I, I, I found it interesting. You you kind of you're, you're kind of endorsing Lamette as an automatic here. I, I I like that direction as a two-start guy in Seattle and hosting Colorado at home. By the way, got to be clear that the Rockies been brutal on the road. Yes, brutal. Whereas so, uh, no, I, I'm not endorsing Lamette over like Annabelle Sanchez, but like please right. against the Twins. No, I'm out. Right. Where is so, Miami and Washington in the second part of the week? My, okay, so Miami's playing Atlanta at home. So yeah, yeah they no. get the they get a huge ballpark bump here, but it's Sandy Alcantara is the only one who's getting the two starts. Okay. And I I'm worried about what he's done lately. So I I've I was very much on the fence about adding him. Um Julius, like, I like before. I like Annabelle Sanchez at San Francisco and the second outing is at the Mets. They're not exactly a powerhouse, so Who is that? Uh Annabelle Sanchez. Uh really good the last two months. You know? Yeah, I don't have him recorded as a two-start guy. Oh, he's but starting Tuesday, so maybe he's not Sunday. That's possible. They it's have an possible they will push him up that day, so that's a guy who's like on, who's on the fence for that. Um, I mean, Junis' second start is at Detroit, so you're going to get that's one great. good good outing there. But, uh, one I looked at was Vince Velasquez at Arizona, at San Francisco, but he, like Lamette, there's the... There, Doesn't go there's deep. How, right, and that's the Lamette question, is that he's throwing somewhere in between 80 and 85 pitches in each of his outings, so do they give you enough from that angle? Chris so, Bassett gets both Chicago teams on the road. Okay, that's not bad. Um, Castellanos, early returns, batting second, but showing no plate discipline. Mm-hmm. Um Interesting. Well, like, I don't think I like Castellanos better that much in, in, in Wrigley right. than where I did as a Tiger. But batting second is certainly helpful as opposed to batting sixth. I, it basically I was puts not everyone down. I yeah. did not expect, but that might not stick either if he doesn't hit. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, like it's it's the going is good so far. We'll we'll see if that keeps up. <laughs> and Vince Velasquez as like the Michael Lorenzen of the outfield. Did you see that throw and diving catch? Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> I tried to, to match his diving catch in my softball game yesterday, and I did it, but I don't have the arm. Not no, even No, you can't be doing these diving catches. Come on. What, what, what could go wrong? 
I, I don't. I can't think of anything that could go wrong. Oh no, of course not. Uh, here's it, Eric, and it's not me. Pick one to speculate on for the rest of the season: Marco Gonzalez, Cal Quantrill, or Zach Gallen. Interesting. Um, yeah. I would say Gonzalez ranks a strong third for me there. Gallon of Arizona now or Quantrill, who's been fine for San Diego, and who, who, who do you like better? I, and you could just say this week who they're facing, but I mean, Gallon has been more of a strikeout guy than I thought he would be in the majors. Quantrill, I just want his role defined. Um, yeah, Gonzalez. One, one thing I want to point out is just he has pitched pretty decently lately. But I feel like every time I get on, when I when I jump on that bandwagon, then it starts to go south. Gallon, the Diamondbacks are unsure what they're doing long term. They're doing a six man rotation right now, so he gets the home game Wednesday against Philadelphia. I, I kind of like Gallon. I think it's a very high floor, even if low ceiling. I feel like he's the safest here. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that, especially since we don't know what Quantrill's role will be if he remains a starter for the final seven weeks. Yeah, they've been keeping him in their rotation lately, but they're doing it while announcing him as the next day starter the day before. I don't like that kind of treatment. It makes me think they're going to shut him down early or they're going to skip him a few times or do the, the Phantom DL th- or IL thing. All right, now a few words from our friends at ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place, of course, is ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabelle. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. And right now, listeners to this fine show can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. All right. Back to the hash browns now. Alex has a question. Confidence level and ranking of these three closers the rest of the way. Oberg, who we mentioned quite a bit. Hector Neris, who didn't have a good week because he was suspended for three of those games. And Hansel Robles of the Angels. I wrote in my blog today, Oberg, I don't have him in my top ten closers the rest of the year, but he's not far away from that. And I would take him over Neris and Robles. Would you? Probably would, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I don't think he belongs in the top 10 just because of the course field factor. And I think that's the only thing working against him compared to these other two. But we're like, in a way, we're overrating him because he still has competition, whereas Neris and Robles do not. Every other Phillies reliever is hurt or out for the season and hurt. And so there's no competition in Philly. I mean, Adam Morgan was the lefty guy, and now he's done too. And Robles, it's pretty clear Ty Buttrey is not getting saves anytime soon. We've kept mm-hmm. talking about it the first two months, but mm-hmm. Robles has done fine. But I just want to make sure we're not overrating Oberg. Like, I wouldn't take, would you take Oberg over Edwin Diaz? I can't rationalize that, but I could see him beating him out the rest of the year. Yeah, I think that's the right way to put it. I, I, and, and I don't know that it's really competition that comes into play here. It's whether I think these guys can hold up over the entirety of the year. And I worry with guys like Neris and Robles whether they're going to hit some sort of rough patch in these final eight weeks. I just, I think on most teams, Hector Neris would not be a closer. I don't think he's that good. 
Right, and that's the problem. Like, I mean, even if he holds the job, if he gives you two rough weeks in September, I mean, especially considering that's one of the worst times in the head-to-head leaks, I don't think you're going to be happy about it. No, I agree. And there's still actually ample closers available in ESPN Standard League. So we're talking a lot about a guy, Oberg, who's available in 86% of leagues. But, like, mm-hmm. Archie Bradley is at, at 32% rostered. Ian Kennedy's still at 37 Ian Kennedy has the most saves in baseball since the start of July, and he's still available in 62% of leagues. So I don't know why. Like, would you take Ian Kennedy or Scott Oberg? Probably to Kennedy there. Uh... Kennedy has pitched well. I probably should do that. I want to go Olberg here, though. All right. That's, you know, and Kennedy, Kennedy, I'll put ahead of Robles. The thing about Kennedy is, yeah, he had like nine saves in July. He could get two this month. He could be the Shane Green of this month. So that's kind of working the opposite direction. Do we trust the guy to pitch well but not get the opportunities? You know, this is the problem with closers. Like, sometimes they'll pitch well and not get the opportunities. Other times they'll keep getting the opportunities and not pitch well, and that's where you're at once you get outside. I bet a lot of people drop Shane Green today to pick up Oberg or Archie or – yeah. I don't know why you pick up Nick Anderson. You don't think I he's still getting like saves. Archie. I'm still all in on Archie. Archie Bradley's pitched well over the past month. Is Nick Nick Anderson's the most added relief pitcher in ESPN standard? But why? He's not going to get saves, right? In Tampa, it's got to be. It's it's he's still the most added. Yeah, it's still uh, Pagan, Emilio Pagan, and I don't see why that would change. There's yeah. some weirdness going on here. Josh Van Meter went from like two percent to fifty in a week. I'm not sure why people are so excited about Josh Van Meter. I, I like him. He's batting clean. He batted clean up the other day. He can steal a base. He's eligible second in outfield, but it just seems a little bit odd. But people in general have like, just like kind of like, they're not as interested in adding these closers, which is fine. Maybe you don't need a bad closer on your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to some more questions. Tyler writes, Eric said on Thursday, that's never a good start to a question, by the way. That means he disagrees. <laughs> uh, apparently, I said that he will wait forever on addressing catcher next season. That's every season, Tyler. What position do you feel is the opposite in that you need to address it early? And that's a, that's a good question. Thank you, Tyler. Um, none for me. <laughs> I just want the best best hitters. <laughs> like, in a general sense, I just want the best hitters early in a draft. And that's never going to be a catcher because they don't play as much as outfielders. And like an ace or two. But do you ever like say, I've got to get a certain position in the first 10 rounds? No, not now. It used to be that that was one of those elite shortstops, but no, not anymore. Um, I, I think that, that you're going to need to have a plan as to how you're addressing starting pitcher if you're not going to draft one of those aces. Because those aces absolutely make the cases now that they didn't five, ten years ago. It doesn't mean you have to take one or nor would I target that position. And... You probably should think about exactly how you're going to fill the middle infield if you're not going to fill catcher at any point in your draft, if you're taking them at the end. But I don't think you're going to be aggressively drafting either position either. No, I would say no hitting position. But to answer Tyler's question, I actually do think I would take an ace, in the fir- maybe two aces in the first like uh, five or six rounds. That I think that answers his question. What position do you feel is the opposite that you need to address? Yeah, like... I might take like a round earlier than I have to an ace, yep. one of the top maybe 10 or 12 guys. Like if Shane Bieber is still sitting there in round four or five, you know, it's in general, and the drop off to him is like Bauer, who scares me a little, then yeah. Isn't that amazing? Bieber over Bauer? I don't even know why I said that, but yeah, now I would. Yeah. Like, well, whether we get there in the rankings next year, I don't know. That could we'll change. See, but I, I li- you know, I, I think you, there's a case to be made here. But Bieber looks like a top 10 starting pitcher right now. He, he went to distance yesterday. Yeah. It's a ton of strikeouts. 
It's a good team again. Yeah. Like I, you know, I invested everywhere in Shane Bieber when he was in the minor leagues. Yep. And I can't believe he's this good. You know, and our friend of the show and the football editorial watchdog Keith Lipscomb, he had a shot at him in our in our sim league, and he let him go. And I took Bieber, and I can't believe how good he's actually and been. He's not happy now, I'm sure. No, he keeps bringing that up actually. But by the you way, think? the fantasy football focus goes daily starting today. Uh, so you want to listen to that? All your pals there talking fantasy football. It's a huge month for drafts at ESPN Fantasy. The games have started, or game has started. And then this week, the full uh, preseason schedule. But they're doing daily shows starting today. I'm sure they'll have lots of guests and Stefania and all kinds of fun stuff. Kyle's there. So uh, check it out. All right. Um, here's I guess this is our last question. I don't see any more. Brett, what have you learned most from this season that will impact how you rank going into 2020? Whether that's how to build a pitching staff or the lack of speed options or anything. You could go on forever about this, I'm sure. But did you, has anything changed for you? This year and how you will impact for next year's rankings? Mm, not necessarily. A lot of these things have been happening over the past two years. But I think we're beyond the point where we can make blanket statements about closers. This ties even to Tyler's question that I, I don't think you need to address relief pitchers in your draft early. But I think you need to have a plan. I don't think you can piece it together. I think the bottom 15 closer jobs in the majors are getting pretty ugly. I agree, and I don't recall them being this ugly like even last year. Like th- th- I think last year among closers, there was very little turnover as well. But I don't remember ever saying there's five teams I'm just flat out avoiding. Like the a the bad AL teams are so bad, it's embarrassing. Like mm-hmm. a year ago, we were investing in Michael Givens, even as bad as the Orioles were. Now I don't I don't care. The mentality is becoming that non-contending teams shouldn't keep any relief pitchers, and they're correct in this. What's the point of having a relief pitcher if you're not a competitive team? Might as well trade them, spin it, get something for the future when you are going to be competitive. And that is impacting these bullpens. I will say this, though. I mean, obviously, we're going to have more than a 1,000 more home runs hit than last year. So something had to change for you, Tristan. Does that mean you're drafting more power or less because you know you can get guys like Jorge Soler just sitting on free agency all year? That had to affect you in some way. I'm more interested in the steals impact. Because you need to have a strategy for how you're going to fill the steals. If you take a steals guy who gives you no power, then... You can't do it anymore. You right. can't draft D. Gordon anymore. Yeah, and, and I mean, when I, I I lost the bid on him in our office league because I knew he was going to kill me in those power categories, and I didn't want to take the chance. You can't add guys like that. Unless they're going to give you 50, 60 steals, and they don't these days, you just can't absorb that. If, I don't. I don't think. That, I don't think that this year's power change really matters all that much because it always comes down to the value for that player relative to the league average, and I don't think that's changed that much. I think it's changed a little for me because if I was in a league this year where I said I needed like 250 home runs to contend for the top, and it turns out that number is like 300, so it has to affect my my ranking and draft strategy and auction strategy because I need more home runs. A, you can't afford to draft anybody. With, with no power, but the stolen bases have to come from guys who have power. So to me, that oh, that may overrate like the 2020 guys, but like Ramon Laureano, like guys like him who we think can steal 20, they're going to go even earlier in dress, and I will rank right. them as thus. But I so. think that comes more into play with steals than it does the power when you talk about the 2020 guys. Could. Here's here's the thing about home runs this year that, that struck me as interesting. We're talking about a record number of home runs this season. And if I recall, it was the 2001 season. There was another one from a, 
little bit of a ways back now where that was one of the greatest home run seasons in history, correct? What do you think? Yeah. What do you think happens next year? Do you think there's well, the let me, same? Let me finish the point first. Okay. All right. Okay. So 2001, do you remember what the top leaders in home runs were? No. 73 for Barry Bonds, 64 for Sammy Sosa, 57 for Luis Gonzalez, 52 for Alex Rodriguez. This year, we've got 37, 36, 34. What are our paces looking at here? It's 50 or slightly above that? The high-end power guys aren't there like they were in those past seasons. So why are we investing in big home run guys when everybody's doing it? So you're saying if you know you can get a Jorge Soler off free agency or Adam Duvall types, you don't draft them. I think there's a reason that Jorge Soler is ranked and valued where he is, and it's because the home runs he's contributing really aren't all that special anymore. They're... They're great to have off the waiver wire. That's fine. But I'm not going to upgrade him next season because of the power surge. Fair enough. All right. Uh, that seems just about it for our Monday show. Then we note that uh, today is National Underwear Day. Don't If you wear underwear every day, is an everyday National Underwear Day? I mean, <laughs> thank you, by the way, to our friends at MeUndies for another <laughs> shipment. Um, Tuesday is National Wiggle Your Toes Day. See, I, I do that every day. So why do, do I need... Don't you? No. Turkey leg? No. Maybe that's why my toes are like all stiff or whatever. I gotta wiggle them more. <laughs> I don't, I don't like go out of my way to wiggle my toes. Like I don't say like at this time I have to wiggle my toes, but I'm doing it right now because I'm thinking about it. Just like whenever I'm in the car and the song Don't Look Back by Boston comes on, the first thing I do is look back and they're telling me not to look back and I do it anyway. Why do I do that, Tristan? Tell me why. <laughs> I don't know why I said all that. Oh but my it, goodness! It just came out of nowhere. But it, that's true, right? Like if you're listening to a song and it says "Don't look to your left," you're gonna look to your left. Well, they Boston and the song is like 40 years old. They're telling me to don't look back, and the first thing I do is I look back. That's weird. As long as you're not looking back in anger. Don't Never. look back in anger, man. <laughs> Never. See, I'll do that. Yeah, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> uh, thank you uh, so much to Tariqa Foster. Great job as our producer today. And Tom Carpenter, who is silent, and that's what we like. Uh, we hope everything's going well on the Fantasy Football Focus show. And Tristan, good job. We will be back on Thursday to talk more baseball. So everybody, please have an awesome week. Everything is awesome. Darkness.